Blog Talk Radio. This is the Monday Rocks Hot Topics. It's a show we do once a month. It's all about club nightlife, DJ culture, and it, my co-host is the lovely, the fabulous, um, all the way from L.A., Miss DJ, well, DJ Miss Monday. Kind of messed that up. Yeah. Miss um, Monday, how are you? Well, it's I'm doing great, and it's good to be back on the show. We took a couple months hiatus. Well, yeah, I'm telling you, it's been crazy. And, you know, I think people understood, you know, not a lot has been going on in the world of nightclubs. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of singles released, but, yeah. you know, the world's kind of been shut down. You've been doing live streams, desert parties, um, you know, all socially distanced, of course, and everything, but um, it's been rough, man. It's been rough. Are you excited? Things are yeah. starting to get back to normal? Uh, slowly, yeah. Um, and I went to an event yesterday. My <laughs> my friends actually had me, they allowed me to get on and play for a little bit at this pop-up in uh, downtown L.A. And uh, the, nice. there was like, you know, there was crowds starting to get back together again. This is the first kind of like real event that I've been to this year. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. Well, you, you know, that I remember in the fall, I, no, it wasn't even the fall. It was like a year ago, wasn't it? It was like a year ago. Oh my gosh. Time has yeah. got me all turned around. When you did, you, you and, um, I can't remember who you, you, you co, you're co-spinning with, um, but you guys did like a big thing, like a big event, like a big, big event, um, where you guys played. You and another female DJ, and I can't for the life of me, it's on the tip of yeah, my tongue. Yeah, it was uh, DJ, DJ, DJ Tree and I did Avalon, yeah. Yes, Avalon, that's what it was. Yeah, that yeah. was like a year ago, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was actually a 2020 March before we, uh, before we knew what was about to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I'm you. that's what I tell everybody. My wife and I got married March 8th, and um, you know, then the world gave us a year honeymoon. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, a year. Yeah. Did you we have cabin fever yet? Uh, no. Well, you know, I work from home, but um, you know, the first part, she, you know, she had to be at home, and uh, the thing was, she doesn't work from home. And um, so that was kind of, you know, took a little bit of uh, getting used to and whatnot. (laughs) Come here, guys. guys I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted right now. I just, um, this is so gross, but I I don't want this guy to die. I don't know if you know what a June bug is. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just poured in a cup of coffee into this nice, clean, coffee cup I thought and there was a June bug in it. <laughs> oh I think God. I better I get a different mug. Yeah, I, I, well yeah, you've been dealing I've been with that discovering, stuff, right? 
I've been discovering new bugs in my place, like in my property. <laughs> like, <laughs> once a week lately, I'm like, what the heck is this bug? <laughs> So That's weird. crazy. Yeah. As long as they're not in the equipment, you know. Why is the CD yeah. skipping and you open it? And there you go. Um, no, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you well, can speak- hear me, but uh, yes, I have a new coffee cup here. Well, speaking Bug of- free. Jeez. That's yeah, the, speaking of the equipment uh, skipping when I was DJing on Friday night at that desert party, there was um, – I think maybe my USB was damaged or something, or it might have been the equipment that they had. And I literally, it was going on emergency auto loop on every track I was playing. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> and then I'd take That's it not- off. I would take it off auto loop, and then I'd be, I had to keep like paying attention because all of a sudden you didn't know when it was going to happen. It just all of a sudden it was auto loop. And then I'm like trying to mix. And it's like, you know, like resetting itself. <laughs> so um, oh. that was a challenge. But but you know what? The guy who booked me, um, I played for the Polar Night stage. They mm-hmm. uh, they thought I did a good, a good job. So I was like, if I was able to pull that off, <laughs> I'm feeling <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, did the track keep, was, was it keep playing? Or uh, like did the, did the crowd know what was going on or? Did it stop, like, mid-track or whatnot? No, no, no. It didn't stop. It just was looping. Like, it would take a selection of the song and just loop it. Like, looped like an eight-bar loop in the middle of the song. It just was looping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so my gosh. Interesting so they probably thought it was great. Yeah. They're like, it's the Extendo Extendo remix. Um, yeah. yeah. This has been going on it was, it was 23 minutes. The, un- oh the Unintentional Miss Monday remix. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. I'll tell you, my only, I don't know if I ever told you this story. My only stint as a DJ was a million years ago. I was a kid back in Detroit, um, you know, our home neck of the woods there. And um, there was a strip club on Seven Mile and Woodward called Cantaloupes. And I got a job at 17 years old being a strip club DJ, which I thought was pretty cool, you know. And um, oh, yeah. oh, I was making bank too, fifty bucks a night, and all I could drink. It was, um, you know, and I got to <laughs> work with naked women. I thought that was the coolest thing yeah. ever, and uh, I was horrible at it, Miss Monday. Horrible. Oh. I would play these like twelve-minute Depeche Mode remixes, you know, and German techno and stuff. And oh yeah, the girls they wanted to kill me. They're like. You get out there and dance for twelve minutes straight. <laughs> two minutes. To a back, song, two yeah. Two minutes back. <laughs> you know, yeah, come they, on. They want they want a three You're minute, a three minute song. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh man. Hey, you yeah, know. So I, well, speaking of speaking of Detroit, like our guest tonight, who um, is Billy Love from Detroit. He's got. That's right. So here's, here's one. Yeah, one of my friends in Detroit, my friend Kat Dupratt. She introduced me to Billy Love at Moody Man's Barbecue a couple of years ago. For those who know who Moody mm-hmm. Man is, he's a pretty well, well-known well Detroit producer and Kenny Dixon Jr. So that's where I met Billy Love at his barbecue during the Movement Festival, back when the festivals were still going on. And, uh, right. yeah, so tonight, yeah, so tonight I, well, actually over the weekend, I put to, Billy gave me some tracks. He was out here. We, did, we actually did a live stream. And 
So uh, when he gave me tracks to play for the live stream, so I took those tracks and I made a mix, which we'll hear later. Nice. It's all all Billy's music. That's awesome. Yeah. When you sent it over, um, when we were getting ready for the show, I was, you know, like, here it is. Because every month, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, um, Miss Monday does, during our second hour of the show, it, it's just music for the whole hour. And um, and she does a set. And, um, you know, it, it's different depending on what it is. Her specialty, she DJs everything, but I, I, would, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school. Your specialty is kind of deep house, though, you know. And um, so that's usually in that vein. But you do all kinds right. of stuff yeah. as well, too. I do funky um, house if I'm playing at, like, like parties at night. Deep house is more like right. day parties, you know? Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. But, yeah, so, but, well, then, but so, Billy's stuff, funk, soul, deep house, like, it's, it's it, but, you know, even some of it reminds me of, like, Parliament and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like, funk, groove, soul. Because you and I both know you cannot come from that environment. You cannot have a Detroit background without, like, that the, the electrifying mojo kind of vibe seeping in a little bit there. I still even get that oh. vibe. You know what I mean? And, um, oh, heck yeah. It's just, it's just so cool. And, folks, you, you don't know. I mean, back in the day, back in the day, you'd go to these parties and, and these events and, and clubs and whatnot. Well, more so the parties and the club scene. Clubs are a little more mainstream. But, um, yeah, man, you would hear weird. You'd hear, like, this really cool funky house, and then all of a sudden craft work would be mixed in with it. It was incredible. Yeah. It was the coolest thing ever because it fit so well. You know, Parliament Funkadelic, all of that. Yeah. It was um, fantastic. Sure. Fantastic. A whole other world. It was like a spaceship came down and the, the aliens were DJ. It, it was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The Majestic. Oh, yeah, the Majestic over in Detroit. That's right. The, the New Center area on Woodward Avenue there. Fun fact about the Majestic, that's where Harry Houdini was punched in the stomach. He later died the day after, but that's where he got punched. Uh, many, many times no by way. the Majestic. I swear to God. No way. <laughs> you know where I never went, that? though? Is um, right next to the Majestic, well, back in a million years ago, ladies and gentlemen, this was back in the day, they had, like, rock and bowl, like a bowling alley right next to it. And I, yeah. everybody always says, oh, that's the party place. I never went to that bowling alley. I mean, in all the years I was there, I just always hung out at the Majestic, though. Yeah, Majestic was the, that was the Course, you were more they, like they used uh, to have, candy land at the Fox and stuff, right? You were like down more downtown. That's a rave. Yeah, that's a rave. Yeah, no, no, but they, they, um, they, the Majestic, they would have uh, the Magic Six too. You know, it's like another part of the mm-hmm. venue, and um, they had uh, live funk bands playing. I remember I rolled in there one night, like with I was hanging out with some homies from Detroit. They, uh, it was like a Parliament style band playing funk. They had all these like glitter outfits on, and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That is fantastic. You know the weird thing was, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people think me and um, Miss Monday hung out uh, back t- together back in the day. We did not actually meet until we were both out on the west coast. Um, we That's just right. we kind of traveled in the same circles, uh, but. I, I think I was a little before, a little before, and um, maybe the tail end there. And, 
But yeah, I'm so glad we hooked up though out west. We were just fast friends right away when we first met. We we because we were from the same place. It's that Detroit pond, yeah. So yeah, speaking of Detroit, let's get our homie uh, Billy Love on the horn here, and let's 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 see what's up with him. I can't wait for you all to meet Billy on our interview tonight. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we got Mr. Billy Love on. Mr. Love, how are you? Can can is everybody here? Hello. Yeah. Okay, hey, Gerald. Okay, that's Gerald Mitchell. That's Karen. Hey, Hey, Gerald. It's Monday. Hey, guys. Yes. Wow, we got both of you guys. What's up? Do I sound on speakerphone? Is it okay if I sound on speakerphone? No, absolutely. So I actually, actually, uh, Jamie, I was talking with these two yesterday because I made that mix, you know. So Billy introduced Mm -hmm. me yesterday to Gerald. And um, these, so first of all, just so everybody who's listening knows, uh, Billy and Gerald are both old school Detroit, been doing doing the damn thing since nineties. <laughs> I don't know, even like was it even before that? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sure. Tell us, tell us, tell us about your like uh, first, how you got Gerald. into the music. Gerald, go first. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, what do you what do you want to know? Oh, you just want to know something what? about me? Sure. Jerry, what, how'd you get into the? Yeah, how'd you get into the Detroit, uh, the the Detroit music production and all that stuff that you're involved with? Oh, I guess because I grew up here and uh, I guess started from Motown, all that you know, the whole history of Detroit, the artists and everything. I grew up being a musician. Grew up in church. Father's a pastor. I played in church. Then I started, uh, me and my brother moved out. We created a band called Lamborghini. Then I met a guy named Mike Banks. Well, actually, Mike Banks asked me to play in this band called The Mechanics. Oh, yeah? And we were teenagers then. Yeah, we were like teenagers, like not, not 20, 21, 22. And then we became rival bandmates between me and Mike. They, you know, but we were still friends because there was a lot of bands in Detroit. Of course, everybody knew each other, but we were just rival bandmates and sometimes in the same band. And then so after a couple of years, we kind of separated, you know, I got married or whatever, but I was still doing music. I was, I actually, I got really big into the rap game mm. and I started, yeah, yeah. I started doing a lot of hip hop and rap and stuff. And, um, but I, I kind of didn't like the way it was headed. When gangster rap came in, it was cool, but I just didn't like that vibe, and then so my cousin Trent, sure. who played bass, who knew Mike. Man, you ought to check out Mike Banks, man. He's doing techno. He's big all around the world. Well, I ain't seen Mike in a minute. So I went back down and talked to Mike. He was telling me what he was doing and introduced me to techno, and I hated it when I first heard it. It's horrible. <laughs> That's funny. <Same> repetition. <laughs> it's, I'm serious. It was repetitive. I hadn't seen because see, Mike Banks is Guitar player, right, Bill? Yep. He might first, he was a guitar player. But then he started doing these productions and stuff, and, you know, him and Jeff had created UR. Of course, I know this is Jeff. I just know Jeff Mills coming home from work. But let me finish a little bit, Bill. I'm trying to just make it real quick. And then so a guy went underground was just, you know, long, making a long story. A guy went underground just didn't realize that Bill was doing members of the house with him. Because I think okay. y'all was out of Mike Powell's studio, right, Bill? Because I think I was missing y'all. 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Michael Powell is Anita Baker's producer for Chapter Eight. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It was, she was a popular studio here in Oak Park, just outside of Detroit. But anyway, then so I got what Underground Resistance and started making techno. Then I started liking techno. Of course, you know, you go to the barber shop long enough, you get a haircut, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I got a haircut, and I've been getting my haircut ever since, and I love it. <laughs> but I techno techno is not the only genre I play. I like playing stuff. So when I got hooked up with Bill, when me and Bill finally connected, uh, my mother was kind of like passing away. Bill kind of helped me through that. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, man, you know, because. I had been hearing about Bill, of course, we kind of crossed paths, but never really crossed paths. And then, so when we finally hooked up, me and Bill in the car one day said, hey, man, what was that, Bill? I, we don't hear bands on the radio no more. Bands on the radio. Yeah, man, we need to make some music. It wasn't a Bruno Mars situation at the time, was it? Yeah, no, Bruno, yeah, Bruno Mars wasn't quite popping. I think he had just started popping after that. But he was right in the same area what we were talking about because, you know, I, I like that 80s music and 90s music and stuff. So mm-hmm. the whole idea between Bill and myself was just to make music where it's not cut, copy, and paste, samples, and loops. Nope. It's all hand, it's all originally hand-played with different, uh, and we got some great musicians from Detroit to add to the production. So it won't be so linear where you just hear a bedroom production, just one producer doing everything. No, we got a lot of ingredients in this. Yeah, and that's how we came up with the sauce. So this is how we came up with the name. Of the, so Bill came on my house one, and I'm I'm done in a minute. I got that together. So Bill, one one, this is a true story. I told Bill this other day. One day I was missing my mom; she had passed, and I was it was winter here in Detroit. And I wasn't doing it, and Bill called me, hey, G, what you doing, man? I'm coming back with some beer, baby, and we're going to hang out, right? All right, man. So he came on by, started recording, and Bill, just talking to Mike, you know, being Reverend Billy Lotion, making me feel good, you know what I'm saying? You know, because, you know, he brought some friends yeah. back. So we in the studio, you know, getting me out of my depression, and he said, yeah, because we right here, brother. And we we have some celebrity barbecue sauce in a minute, and light went off of my head. <laughs> I was like, "What did he say? Celebrity? What?" And then it just rolled. Bill, you can take it from there, right? It oh, it just nothing. <laughs> and all I remember saying, "All oh, my friends, they come around. They come yeah. from all around." So like that, and we just started making. Yeah, but the first song that we did, we was in the car. And I was like over Bill's house. My mom had called, and she was really weak in her voice. She was hospital and Bill mm-hmm. had on his phone. And after we finished talking, me and Bill, what was, what, what was the name of the song, Bill? We started talking. Man, your lifeline is so important. Yeah. You know, she, 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 you know, in her late eighties, but you know, it was just transition for me. So that album means really a lot to me. And Bill was there to really help me. You know, just making that music just helped me. So when people hear the passion of that, that's just me crying out and just, you know, just healing from that. Oh, you know what I mean? That's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Thanks for sharing your stories, you guys. That's amazing. Like, Yeah, but we wow. still got some far ways to go because, I mean, I mean, hey, people testing the sauce and they love it. So well, it's all about the ingredients we put in there. And here's another thing, too, Gerald. Uh, 
by us making house music so much and making so much of it and techno so much through the years, you know, people just kind of will forget that we really like making all kinds of music. So it's just that we're trying to mm-hmm. bridge, you know, all of the different styles and different things together to, see, to keep it fresh. You know, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. So, yeah. Yeah, when I was Ooh, younger, cool. uh, there was a group oh, ahead, back in the ahead. day called Chiara on Arista Records. And we were singing mm-hmm. R&B slow stuff. And then the tour ended, and we got kicked off the record label. Couldn't meet Whitney Houston. I was pissed, right? So Soul Train and all these different shows and Apollo and all this stuff, right? <clears throat> and But we spent all the money because it wasn't my band. I was just in the band, right? They were like, going to hook you up. Man. Right. Really did go. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the tour was over, and I'm on the bus, right? And this girl runs up to me and goes, I just saw you on Soul Train. I was so embarrassed. I just jumped off the bus. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is <laughs> and So, and then I went, and, and for lack of better words, I went and saw Mike Banks uh, through a, a Clarence Kendricks, uh, from the Eddie Kendricks' nephew and all. They had Kendricks Records over here. And uh, he was like, man, I just made this record with Mike Banks. And I'm like, Mike, he said, Mike, I'm down the street. Because Mike lives literally like eight blocks away from me. Like, we all grew up in the same neighborhood. But Mike's older than me, so. You know, his cousins used to steal our lunch money. It was like, you know, we used to hate going past his house. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that, yo. So, um, no, there's like, more stories. We got a lot more of those. <laughs> Wait a minute. Keep going, Bill, my bad. <laughs> and then he goes, Mike ain't had no equipment, nothing. All he had was his man, I did this, did that. And all of a sudden, Jeff Mills something. And just next thing you know, uh, you know, I think Gerald, I didn't know at the time, but he was like, I'm about to take his piano lessons. And it was Gerald who was teaching him piano lessons, right? So I was just like, and so started making those records members in the house, as I were, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's mm. no background. I, hey, Bill, I go back a little further than that. I remember, hey, listen, and this is off the record. <laughs> We didn't have no money, no nothing. So we had to do a few things to get some equipment. When the synthesizers came on, see me and Mike Banks were actually we 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 shared a um we kinda like technology nerds, like when the new synthesizers right. and stuff come out. Uh we just yeah. cause we produced together because after a while we began to produce. So, um you know, a couple cars came up missing to buy a couple keyboards here and there sometimes. But, you know, <laughs> I ain't about it. <laughs> but we were young, so we got blessed. We don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> Never really did that much. But, you know, this is you, you young kids growing up. You ain't got a job or nothing, you know, and the passion is still there. And, you know, actually, music saved my life, kept me out of trouble. Everything I've been through in Detroit, coming up in Detroit, you can easily get carried away, right, Bill? Something. Oh, yeah. And music, and even, yeah, music. And that's why a lot, people, a lot of people really, um, they re- I hear like, man, you know, the reason why we like y'all music because y'all go through so much that we can hear it in y'all music. And I'm sitting there going, shoot, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, if you're looking for crazy stuff in Detroit, it's here for you. But if you're looking for some bomb instruments, you know, like musicians and different things, it's all here too. It's kind of like, you know, yeah. everybody. You said it's looking for you. <laughs> That's for real, dude. Detroit. <laughs> There's so much oh, great man. talent here, though. See, 
here's the situation. There's so much great talent, and Detroit is also a gospel town. Mm-hmm. Think about Aretha Franklin all the time. It's all really just gospel. All the people from the South, it's the soul is here. And and so many talented musicians that you better be on your game. If you're not on your game, they're going to talk about you. When you. I mean, it's just a certain... It's a certain, but I've been around the world, a lot of different places, but when I write music here in Detroit, I get a different feel. If I'm in Japan with my my wife, I feel different. I'm all happy. I don't have to worry about nobody breaking in my house, paying my ghetto taxes. You know what I'm saying? Because that, right. that, all that pressure kind of makes, and that's what I liked about it. It gave me a chance to release I was mad. I made angry tag. You know, but when I'm in Japan, I'm all happy because I'm with my woman. I'm my music. <laughs> you know, I try to make hard tag, but don't, don't just don't come on. But I guess you're from. But Detroit, yeah, it's, 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 it's different. I remember when we it's did all this and music, it was all this garage house. We were in London, just got to London, right? Now. So mm-hmm. we were at the Palladium, 5,000 capacity when you joined. And we hit them with it. me, Jeff, Mike, Mirza, and all of us. So boom. We, we, doing our, we didn't get this show so many times before we got over to London. So we always got this great response. But this particular time, Nobody even they like they didn't they didn't we hit them with all right now what do you think of this song nothing you know did we did reach out for the love nothing we did all this love stuff nothing but the minute we did uh, Cloud Nine a techno version it never came around mm. by the station and we came with that da, 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 you can be with the whole crowd went crazy and nothing we knew we got to make more gospel stuff singing across techno and that's what we said mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That was a good, a good match. I don't think you don't have four-part harmonies. Like, we used to dance. We could do moves like the Temptations on top of 130 beats per minute. And the show was like a two hours. You had an hour show, a two-hour show, a three-hour show. Right. It was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Detroit Detroit got so many. And then the DJs, like, when, when my music was like Los Hermanos, uh, the techno, when I first released On Another Level, through Underground, was it? Mm. of course, I have been releasing – been doing um I've been ghost producing for underground resistance and submerged for a long time, but then I was playing with uh Soul City. I'm on a different lot of labels. You can look at me up, but when I started the label Los Hermanos with Rolando, DJ Rolando, we asked Mike to fund it because me and Rolando and Mike hang out. And that's how we came up with that hit Jaguar. Actually me and Mike played it. That's Mike what? looking for a DJ. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know the story? This is a true story. No, but I got, I got, I got that on vinyl. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, that's me, that's, that's me and Mike. That's that's me and Mike doing most of the That's me and Mike doing the production. Mike, I mean, we were at my studio. Mike is looking for Mike. See, uh, the DJs uh, was Jit DJ uh, Suburban Night and DJ Rolando. So he was make we were make see, we were make music for the DJs to go out and play. So we mm-hmm. were the producers. They were the DJs. So we'd make music, acetate and stuff like that. And then when CBs came in, they, then Rolando and them come in, man, y'all got to turn the hi-hats up or turn the string lines up. This track works or this track don't. You know what I'm saying? They would come back after they came overseas. And me and Mike would sit home 
So Mike decided to interstellar fusion this one very first album. That's how I be started my uh, career as Soul Saber. I got to try. I'm your Soul Saber, and I use the Al Green loop. So that's how I got in with Underground Resistance. But then he was trying to create something for Rolando to make Rolando start to go around. So he asked him, man, can you play some Latin music? I'm like, yeah, I can play some Latin music. So play some Latin music, and next thing you know, Jaguar was born, but he put Rolando's name on there because he wanted to make him sound. And lo and behold, it blew the track, blew up. Boom. And everywhere. Nice. So, oh, man, that go. track blew up. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that must have been yeah. one of the biggest sellers of all time. Like, Jaguar, it's still getting remixes mm-hmm. done. Yeah, so me, so me and Rolando went to Mike. Hey, Mike, we know the formula, right? We all knew the formula, me and Mike. Uh, so, hey, we went, and I was like, man, because we like brothers. And I, so I asked Rolando, man, how do you say brothers in Spanish? Because Rolando is Mexican, and I'm I'm black. But he lived in southwest Detroit, and I live in northwest Detroit, which is you know, Mexicans live on that side, black. But then we all integrate between the two, you know, so I'm like, because we like brothers. How do you say brothers in Spanish? He said Los Hermanos. Like, yeah, man, it's got a great name to it. Let's, like, let's make a label called Los Hermanos. He's like, cool. Yeah. I said, I do the music, and Rolando do the DJ, and we did some releases at Los Hermanos. Rolando got big, left. I kept the name. Then after, you know, traveling with Los Hermanos and Galaxy, Galaxy with Mike over the years, and, of course, I had to leave and, you know, like, man, it's time for you to you know, start your own company. So that's why I kept Los Hermanos. But I also go by Soul Saber, you know, just try to reorganize and reinvent myself. So that's where I'm at with it. So, But Gerald said, Gerald said, Billy, you got so many names that you go under. So I said, well, I did it so I wouldn't get stalemated or put in a box and one music. Well, that's what Kenny Dixon does too, right? Like Kenny Kenny has like Moody Man, but he's got like five other aliases. Yeah. Uh-huh. So much music that I did with Theo Parrish, nobody would even know if I didn't say uh, I'm just under a different name. Um, I almost did records with a little bit of everybody uh, from around the church. But yeah. I would come, I would come in like, um, you know, like the improv king type thing. You know, I hear something in my head, we cut it on the spot. You know, like that. I would treat it like rehearsal or something. But then they cut, the, they cut it into a record, and then I was like, okay, well, I wouldn't have used it, but now that you guys have put it out, I got this confidence now. I we can just keep going. It's a new way of doing business. So I'm like, you know. So I figure you can easily say something. You can make the record so fast and don't even know it just because you channeled in. But that's pretty much how me and Gerald did this whole entire album. We were channeling to some of the coolest folks that we always love. And I, as a, from a vocalist perspective, that's how I took it. And I would we'd see what we come up with. And then, as a footnote, I got a tree service, right? So I'd be beat down tired thinking I can't deliver the vocals, right? And they're like, we'll just give it a whirl. And the stuff you guys hear is like, it's like music. It's a blood, sweat, tears. <laughs> you know, I would be tired. I would be tired. Especially that That's track, awesome. The Girl Didn't Give It Up. That track, The Girl Didn't Give It Up, he came over with Jeremy's house, went down with my house. They had been working all day. We was out doing some plumbing work, Bill. Yeah, we were doing the most. Dirt, they was dirty, tired. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, Jesus, we coming out of your house, man. We, we smoke it up a little bit, bye bye. We want to. All right, it came over. Plus, I had been working on some music, right? Bill comes over. He tired. 
Hey, Bill, man, I got the song, man. I think you, you should uh, sing it. Man, I'm tired, man. I've been blah, 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 blah. And Jeremy's sitting there rolling up to me, right? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Next thing you know, Bill gets in the mic. I let him hear the track. You know, we, we, we cut a couple beers, go by. They say, you know, all right, fire up the mic. Okay, let me try it. Maybe I can do it. <laughs> me and Jeremy. Wait a minute. This is yeah. a true story. One take. Me and Jeremy sitting there. Bill didn't write nothing down. Straight from the top. Punch nothing in. I didn't re-record nothing. That vocal that you hear, it's all him from top to the bottom. And we was, me and Jeremy was sitting there with our mouth wide open, like, like quiet. Like, then once we finished, I was like, man, that's, that's some amazing shit, dog. <laughs> and then it just turned no, it out is, like it bro. did. So, yeah. And so I, I noticed that he, he so, so so I noticed the qualities in Bill of how many voices he got in that radio DJ persona. Oh, my God. Revolution. You think Dr. Revolution, <laughs> excuse me. PhD. <laughs> Revolution. <laughs> Let me fool it all over on you. Keith Red couldn't make it tonight. Well, what? The doctor <laughs> of funkology. <laughs> right? No, no, but just so, so. Tell us about all of Billy's uh, aliases because he's got like five too. <laughs> oh, well, Billy, listen, like, I'm gonna say, look, look, can I tell you how I listen? So I'm in Japan, my woman. I got Billy on the track called Private Party on the Los Amano CD. Mm. I put out called Descendants of the Future. I mean, of the uh, Resistance, Descendants of the Resistance. So I did a tour in Japan, and then because you know the, the record company, and so my woman who works. For a record company, and she orders records. She was going to do the write-up for the album, right, in Japanese. So <laughs> I'm in Japan. My woman comes home and goes, Papa Sama, who is busy love? What records? So I looked him up on this guy, and I'm like, dang, how many names he got? I had to look him up. I can't, okay, I'm a, the rest of the stories of the book. So I called Bill from Japan. Ask Bill the next is on you. Didn't I call you from Japan? Bill. I was like, what man, I get off the record. I was like, yeah, and they don't have them all, you know. Some mm-hmm. of the stuff like Steve Tucker, man, and I, YouTube, thank God for YouTube. Some of those records are popping up out the crate, you know, and to the point where, wow, man, I'm up, I'm up there at this point, man, with all, and then the remixes that those, like those vocals that I would do, they won't let the record die. They was like that one record, Thrill mm-hmm. Seekers. They totally keep like remixing mm-hmm. that record for ten years straight. Like they yep. come, pick it up, those, the new kids come in, they pick it up, and they thing you know it's out there again. So now Steph Traxler did it. I was telling you know Kara about how um, I knew his mother, and he was just a little kid running around. And she was but before that, Bill. But before that, uh, they had Body and Soul in Japan. I was at Body and Soul, Danny Kriver. Bill Clausell, and they was playing your music. I was like, that's Bill's. I knew it was your voice, right? <laughs> then later I heard that he was at, Joe Clausell was at the wine bar, and he met Bill. He loved Billy's voice. So your voice, Bill's voice has been circulating in this house thing for a long time, and I had to recognize that. Wow, Bill been putting this in the work. 
he's actually part of the sound of Detroit. Let yeah, me connect with his brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. No, absolutely. But not all the time, because I be with Bill, and I be, Bill, is that you singing? Yeah, that's me. I'm like, man, you sound different. He'll fool you now. He'll man of many voices. He'll man of many voices. I heard you sing on something. But man, that can't be you. That's me, Jeezy. Really? And I'll come back, and next thing you know, I'll ro- I go to New York, and I'll just I'll just do some stuff in New York, and it'll be like whatever. And so, I don't know, man. You got to keep it fresh. You got to keep it up. Uh, like this one guy would come and say, from time to time, I would get people that know me for a long time. I go, thanks, Bill. You still think? And I'm like, why would you say that? If you know me, you know that I'm pretty much going to do this. My whole family does this. So it's like I grew up this way. It's like we we we. We we have talent shows in our house. When I was coming up, and we didn't, and then all the kids would run our houses for a talent show type of thing because we always had instruments around like that, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, but we, it was just—I don't know. It, so to make that barbecue sauce project happen, that's why I was like, they know me, they know Bill, been putting the work in. Now we could do the album by ourselves. We had already had it, but I was like, no, nah, we need to add other great instrumental players that we know here from Detroit. So inside that album, we got some, we got some bomb guitar players, some oh. funksters from Detroit, some drummers. We got yeah. we put the, we put the soul in that sauce. That's right. why it's not because I kept telling Bill, I said, Bill, I don't want to just cut, copy, and paste this, man. We not cut, copy. I'm not trying to. I can do it. I can sample and loop my ass off. But no, I want every verse and every change to be a different nuance. Because, you know, that you got Bill is that type of singer that he floats. And you got to let him float. You know what I'm saying? I, I had to figure him out at one time in the studio because me and him crossed. He's like, hold on, G. Wait a minute. I don't record. Like, remember that? I was like, oh, okay. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I figured him out. I said, okay, I got you. But then, so we got a working relationship, and it works well. So, um, you know, but adding the other players, too, is not just about me and Bill. No, I really what appreciate I, what them other guys contributed to that project, too, man. You know what I mean? Brought, mm. girl, let me say um, how I would be in the studio learning how to sing over to Some studios you walk into, and all they got is a beat. When I say a beat, it's nothing but a boom, 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 boom. Now, sing something <laughs> to that. <laughs> You're like, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> and then I got to start. And then I said, well, if it's this wide open, why don't I do some background? Like, you know, did it not do whatever? And, what, what, you know, the song would turn out to be almost like a remix because I would, in my mind, I'm thinking he's going to get a little closer with the chords and this and that. So when I work with Gerald, Gerald really gets off into see To cut vocals is a whole other talent in itself as a producer. So, you know, I've been around that part a lot and watching everybody, you know, point and click and point and click. But I did notice whenever we sing, because, you know, when you're rehearsing and singing, you get warmed up. Seems like some of your best. Mm. You finally let it out. Your best stuff come out the first time. So, um, you know, it, it goes like that in a way. And when Gerald be right there, I guess playing at church, Gerald, I mean, you you able to improvise and jump right on the singer or whatever the case is. And if it's a troubleshoot issue, you jump right on. And it, it just, the crowd might not know we went through all. Like you were saying the other day, Carol, how you had that issue as a DJ. You know, that stuff happens all the time when you have to in the middle of the show. Oh, you got to take it. You got to be ready for whatever, you know. I mean, like, you can't yeah. just be, like, uh, dependent on technology. Like, there's another uh, facet to uh, being an artist, which is in- improv- uh, improvising. 
Yeah. yeah. I remember Scotland one time, and the whole city, the power went out. And they were like, you guys are remote town. Just sing it a cappella. We were we just running out. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I had the power go out on me. Remember we had the power go out on us at the Red Door Bill? I was like, well, let's get it. But Ooh, I had to drum with Get a drum or something. I was like, get a drum or something. So my drummer got off until they turned the lights back on. I was like, cool. They loved it. Whatever. <laughs> I had the CDs. Scratch Wait a minute. What about this, car? I'm a car. Uh, I had CDs scratching on me. I'm like, this motherfucker getting ready. Excuse me for cussing. I can hear it. <laughs> but I already got the next record. I already got the next record queued up. And I'm like, is, is right. it first scratch? I guess I hate them damn CDs, but they they good. We got like vinyl too. It's scratching. I got to get out of this. Next thing you know, I'm going, and I'm in the other right <laughs> Pulled it out. You know the, the moments. <laughs> oh, yeah. To get your feet. So, 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 so here's the thing. So, Billy, you DJ too, right? Yeah, I got all these records. I can get my daddy's records. I got all the records from my uncles. But, you know, my thing is I've been trying to find my niche, and so I'm thinking about this new concept called Beaver Trying. And that's mm. what I'm really going to, like, expound on what my ear is and how those techniques my dad knew from the 70s and the shows. A lot of stuff I just don't see, a lot of stuff, you know, I do see. But I want to give it a whirl and just see what happens, you know, Uh yeah, my thing is like to play with the equipment, the new equipment that's out. What I'm learning is some of the baddest mixes are them old school mixes. So I'm thinking like, you know, stay old school. And I'm gonna have some new stuff, but it's funny about those blends. Like when I'm blending, just turn those knobs and blending. And you know, I don't, I don't want to be like a superstar DJ type where you're scratching and cutting. But boy, I just love everything about a turntable. So I don't know what my, you know, what my talent part of it is, but I do know the love is coming straight out of you know from whatever I do. Mm. When I yeah. DJ, I like so to DJ, but I think I, I I think I get the most fun out of DJing when I'm DJing, playing keys, and I got my band behind me. That's yeah. so mm-hmm. fun. That is so fun with the band. So wait a second, you know, wait, you wait, wait, do, Gerald, you do all of them at once? Yeah, I have a band. I have a bass player, drummer, keyboard player, percussion player. Then I DJ, and I'm playing keys, and I'm controlling the band. I'm the leader. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Not only, not only is for what we're working on now. He did this for Jeff Mills with the Spiral Deluxe concert. Got to talk about that. And he did it for like all the USA's and stuff. Yeah, I was the MD for them. But right now, you know, I'm with Jeff. I'm in. I'm one of Jeff Mills' keyboard players and Spiral Deluxe. But yeah, as far as underground resistance, I was the MD for Galaxy Galaxy. What was that, seven, eight years, maybe nine years? Wow. Yeah. And we had hope, and we had, and there was, huh? I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, why don't you tell everybody who's listening, like, um, like if people who, even if they're familiar with what Underground Resistance is, how did that come about? Underground Resistance? It's a Detroit staple. Yeah, that's a Detroit staple. Because guess what? There was no name when I was there. Underground Resistance was not. I was there when they came up with that name in the basement of his mom's house. It was, uh, uh, it was, uh, I can remember it vividly. His mother, Miss Banks, do not play. She's like, that little <laughs> crap boy sucks. And she, <laughs> <laughs> Mama Banks, one of those was <laughs> And then, uh, and then one, and then it was, uh, because at first it was Vibe Records. It was, uh, it was TG. 
and uh, Sal and all them. They did five records. That was the, the tape days. And then I remember Jeff coming around, and they were just getting done with Clarence Kent's records, uh, King Dangalang, that, that record. And I had just came back off the road. So then I showed up. And next thing you know, I, I was looking at Public Enemy, a picture of Public Enemy in that basement. And, and Mike would be like, man, y'all got to sing. Like, yeah, like, like you got to fill it for your guts. Like that. So he was singing hard and shit. And all of a sudden, uh, before you know it, you start seeing his logo popping up. And then he was like, what do you think it is? What do you think of that? And then it was, you are underground. He was going to say, what do you mean? Because we, we're the resistance. Because, you know, because a lot of us got milk messing around with these big record labels and stuff coming up. And we was like, we mm-hmm. are the resistance coming from the underground to show that you ain't got to always do a commercial to make it. And that's what it was about. And those iconic T-shirts really started from uh, this one guy down the street. He had a T-shirt shop, you know, suffering, whatever. And he had this puff ink idea, and they tried it. And those T-shirts sold more than the records. Crazy. Yeah, they blew up. They blew up in Italy. I remember that. Oh, they blew up. Yeah. That puff ink. Everybody loved that underground resistance. That, yeah. Just that whole logo, that whole logo when they started putting them on records and stuff like that. That whole right. logo and then. What it started representing you ain't was more it. like I literally still got the first business card drafts of Underground Resistance. I do, too. I, I got, got one, too. I got one, yep. Yeah, those first letterheads and all that first stuff, you know. Uh, when the but, yeah, uh, now here's another funny story. Now, this should be made into a movie. And this is, this is Blake Baxter, <laughs> uh, Hill, uh, Craig Douglas, uh, the members of the house, Mike Clark. All of us was in this band trying to break open techno at the new music seminar in New York. Now, at the same time, mm-hmm. the Hammer was breaking out. Ice T had body count. Uh, the what they call it, uh, West Coast Mafia and all of them were there. And the iconic story was, and I got pictures from this from this because uh, I used to have a magazine. I used to, I, I published the first underground magazine. I did forty thousand copies out the basement, all over with a fax machine, trying to figure out. There was you know the computers were slow back then, right? So we found a way to print right. up a magazine and it over to London. Oh, it's hilarious. And in this, in this, in this trip that I'm telling you about, I was, I was like so compelled when we got back off the road that I thought the whole world needs to know what's going on, especially around here. So I started interviewing everybody from around here. I didn't know nobody would be whatever. I knew Kevin Saunders and who he was, Derek May, what he did. But I got the stories from those guys, their take on things. And Eddie Folks and I kept going around. I did about 50 different interviews, and I put it in this magazine, right? So, boom, we go to the New Music Center, and I'm trying to break it all open. And Jeff is it's just in, but the guy in front of him is from Detroit, I uh, mean, from uh, the Gangster Mafia guys in L.A. So they looked at little Jeff and was like, man, they just started pushing him around. And so the funniest thing was we came, they didn't know that he came with all of us. There was about 10 of us in that van that came, that historical trip to come from Detroit with all the records, the T-shirts, everything, you know, so. And Mike Banks had to, we had this guy, he was our IT guy at the time. He was like our, he, you know, he just knew everything about technical. So, but he was this giant, like six five, six seven, three hundred twenty pound rock solid geek. Like, you know, just he's a, he's a tech geek. <laughs> and he, and he right. loved Jeff Mills. Jeff, they can't do this thing. So he goes and grabs this guy. Mike Banks has it. Like, man, stop it. Let him down. Because he was really about to hurt this guy. I think that techno didn't get his just due because when rap and techno was getting their break, people went with rap. They didn't go with techno. Everybody from Chicago was there. It's, you know, those, those right. new music seminar days, he's so, it should be some really competitive stuff. So, yeah, I want to say that because that never comes out, you know. To see the behind the scenes, uh, the making <laughs> of the making. 
that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's telling stuff is when it be, the records only give you 12 minutes or a few minutes of what's going on, but, you know, they're like footprints, whatever. But, yeah, if I could ever, like, uh, put some light to all those interviews that I did and the, those all those short, like me and Gerald, we're doing stuff now to commemorate, like on video. I got a lot of old videotapes from the three millimeter days, and we've been doing stuff for the last few years, me and Gerald. We call it the Backseat Series. Um well, we just get to our favorite buddies and DJs and throw them in the back seat, and we just chop it up, and you know, and we play some music, and <laughs> you know, we do stuff like that. You know, this is just stuff we come up with. Me and Gerald are good creative marketing people. We just come up with ideas, and we just move on it like that. You know? That's you fantastic. Like dream team. <laughs> yeah, the dream exactly. team. Right? <laughs> oh, you can get things done. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I just, I just awesome. stay in my lane. I just stay in my lane. That's all. Bill, <laughs> Bill stays in his. I stay in mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, when I saw him at Club Maverick, though, that looked so mm. sweet. Oh, my God. that was I was like, I was so proud of you guys. I like, and then I know Bill was happy to get out of Detroit. I I could see it on his face. I say he, that <laughs> happiness looked like I'm away from the fucking D. Excuse my language. Because <laughs> yeah. I ain't been away for a minute. I miss my wife in Japan. I want to get out of here so bad. You don't know. <laughs> oh, but, shoot. Um, so your wife lives over there? Yeah. She lives over there? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, she was born and raised there. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. well, so, so you guys, you, you guys, we, we don't have a lot of time right now, but I wanted to, um, so what, what kind of upcoming projects? Like, tell us about anything that you feel like you're really inspired. Or, you know, what, what's up? You want to start first, Bill? Well, I can tell you, um, you know, especially with this pandemic going on, you know, in me and Gerald's mind, in the beginning, we started this project before this pandemic happened. We just didn't. No, we were like, 2020, clear vision. Oh, we're about to do it up. Then we had one, we had a plan of action to go one way, and it went completely the other way, right? But the record still <laughs> is compelling. It's like it's like a blanket to remind you of, um, you know, what what you know where we want to be, where we came from, where we are, you know. And so to be, like, in the backyard parties and the stuff that, you know, the small venue type stuff, real intimate type stuff, that's what we were about. We were saying, Let's make this music so it don't be fast burn like uh, like dance music, for instance. Let's make it so, you know, um, you know, it'll just be around for the seasons and stuff. And my dad's always say, "Billy, you got to make a song like Happy Birthday or Merry Christmas. They'll play it every year, you know, like that. Like, so, <laughs> celebrity barbecue. That's how you can come up with. That's, oh, yeah. that's fact. So, you know, so if you're alive and you want to celebrate life, you're a celebrity. So why don't you jam out at the house or that kind of thing, you know? And uh, so we thought about that and plus the other records. But then we got some records in the can that is so, oh, my God, they're like new wave, like D-52's level. So we, we've been thinking mm-hmm. about, you see, we got a pressing plant behind us, uh, so we can press up stuff all the time. It's more like, what's next? And so we're like, you know, Joe's steady cooking up music daily. He does it 24-7. I, you know, I, we got some stuff in the can. But no telling what he's got already coming, you know, just to answer your question, no telling what's coming up next type of thing, you know. And I'm over here buying all this equipment, lining up all my stuff, so to speak. You know, it's more like the music going to have to write up because, uh, you know, I, <laughs> you know it's, it's, what what happens? Life imitate art or art imitate life? I'm on the line right there. Yeah. 
Right. Well, well, I'll just piggyback right quickly off what Bill said. I do music like daily since I'm not traveling anymore. So I just stay mm-hmm. at home basically to just do music. So from November till I guess maybe last month, me and Bill put out four vinyl records. Cause I I'm, I'm, wow. I just love when Prince said I love a track a day keeps the doctor away. So I, I'm I'm always Good when I go I, when I get up I, I, I get up yeah no I get up in the morning seriously I get up in the morning like I go to work and I turn my studio on and whatever I got up and all those drafts I finish and I work on them. So a lot of times I find stuff that build and left and I oh, I'm gonna finish it today and I finish it. So right now I got a couple projects I got a guy named Sparrow I got an artist named Sparrow I got coming out. He's a very uh, great spoken word artist here. I got another guy named Pierre Anthony I'm putting out. Of course, I got some stuff that I'm working with Bill. We got a friend named Hassan Walker I'm putting out who sang in the members of the house with Bill, Underground Resistance. So we did tracks together. Um, I got a, I got a thing I got called Wild Fusion with my friend, the drummer on Barbecue Sauce, Mark Anthony. Um... I'm just doing stuff. I got this new artist coming by. Her name is Jen. She's supposed to be coming by Saturday. So I'm busy, busy, busy. I mean, you can go to my band camp, Los Amados Detroit band camp, and you can see what I put out so far. So like I said, every day, it's a track a day. And so I got some stuff with Bill. I think the next thing that me and Bill is doing, I don't know where we want to go because we, we right now our slogan is putting the fun back into the funk. F you in back into the funk and making it, you know, you got to laugh. You know, sometimes we don't take ourselves too serious, but I was telling Bill, man, maybe we need to go and revisit that Detroit house style because since you're famous with it and I'm famous with it, just come on with that since we did the funk. But we also got this new wave track called Recipe Killers, and it's the answer to mm. Celebrity Barbecue Sauce. And yeah, Recipe no, I heard Killers it. It's simply- good. I- it, it, yeah. it simply means haters. Like, see, everybody, listen, let me let me tell you. So everybody got their own special DNA, right? Like, Carol, like, you might be DJing and I'll come up to you. But, you know, you shouldn't put the trouble in right there. See, I'm recipe killer. <laughs> I might not even like you. I'm hating on you because you got to do stuff your way. I can't tell you how to put – You, I might put too much salt in your in your sugar. You know what I mean? You have too much sugar in your salt. You know what I mean? I'm not – recipe killer is a base word for saying hater. Don't be your recipe killer. Don't be your recipe killer. <laughs> so that's that's gonna be the follow up to the to the barbecue sauce, I think. So, but yeah. we got uh, we got some other new wavy type stuff too. Remember the other one I got? We really do right. have a barbecue sauce, and I always man, can you imagine somebody coming there and turn your back and they throw something into the recipe and they just mess it up, and you all at the table about to eat? You like I did not do this. <laughs> but but check it out, but check it out, guys. So we are going to create some bill. Let's take them off the show. So the last thing that me and Bill was like recipe killers, right, Bill? So we are going to create this character. He's going to be the recipe killer. You're not going to see him. He's going to be this guy with this because Bill took the picture already, right? Yeah, His top hat. Call him the wizard, the wizard. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> like Sir Nose, but he's a recipe killer. He just 
always hating on whatever you got to. And we're telling people, don't be, don't be a recipe killer. Don't be a recipe killer. Don't be a recipe killer. Because we 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 were we were trying to we were trying to we are trying to channel that new wave like the, y'all remember the Bus Boys? Oh, the Bus Boys. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh-huh. And, and B52s and all that. And see, Mojo oh. used to play that. Mojo yeah. used to play that for us, and we never yeah. heard that on. Yeah, it was Mojo that played B52s and and um uh, yeah all that um. You know what, what am I thinking about? She was. I'm talking about uh, the four guys. What was the uh, Titanic Rock? Was yeah. uh, you talking about? Uh, uh, oh yeah. Fours and all that. Yeah, he would play all all that. No 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 no. So that that expand that expanded our minds. I really enjoyed it. He would play Juan Atkins and all this stuff. I mean, we would, he would have it all. He would have everybody. He would say, Mojo would go, turn on your lights if you're at home on the front porch. You'd you, you be sitting in front of him. Why is everybody at home? He'd be like, you're in the car. Barf your horn. The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm all over all of us. I remember working at General Motors late at night. I mean, they did afternoon shift, 2 o'clock. We working late at night. Everybody online got it on Mojo. He playing, we're going to play 35, 35, 35. Remember that, Bill? <laughs> 35, 35, 35. Oh, the, OJs, the OJs versus the Temptations. And everybody go off. He played Temptations, OJs. Who won tonight, right? And then I would drive home. Hold on, then I would drive home and Jeff Mills would be banging. That's what I said. Jeff Mills the would be, be yeah. banging after that. I'd be like, dude. And I found out he was hanging with Mike. I was like, uh oh. He was playing at Cheeks. All that. Yeah. So, yeah. That's <laughs> our history, y'all. So, now, that's a, now, now, online, you can look, look, you call this guy. You can go on YouTube with like the best of Mojo, the DJ. This guy, he would have Parliament fucking. He had George Clinton in the studio. Prince. He'd turn around and have George battle wine with all of my hundred. He would turn around and have print. It was some crazy matchups, but we went crazy as kids, you know. So actually, Mojo, actually, hey Bill, actually Mojo was the one broke Prince here in Detroit. Remember, he's the one really broke Prince. If I remember correctly, yeah, he broke Prince in his time. Yeah, yeah, yep. He's still alive. Yeah, but see now you don't hear that on the radio. That's why I like you are. You don't hear. You know, they just play the same. Rotate. Yeah, right. Don't get me started on the radio shit right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Wanna, Please. That's why. Hey, that's hey, that's why we wrote. That's why Underground was just we wrote that track called "Kill My Radio Station," and the message to my to the majors. Yes. <laughs> For real. Concept, Concept, man. It's all about. <laughs> but see, like, like the Michael <laughs> and the Mike Clark so, and the so North Cali house music. You you people like don't a, realize. Can, can, we, can huh? we get you guys to um, get, give out your uh, social media following stuff so that we, because we're about oh, to yeah. play that mix for Billy that uh, we can showcase his 
singing abilities and so oh, how yes. involved are you in the whole production of all the stuff that on the Los Hermanos? Yeah. Oh yeah, I you can just go to my Los Hermanos Detroit at bandcamp dot com. Mm. And I and you got uh, Billy Love at band your band camp. I don't have a lot on it, but uh, but I'm working on my BillyLoveDetroit.com as we speak, uh, and CelebrityBarbecueSauce.com as we speak. Uh, we're a work in progress. Uh, outside of that, um, how can anyone really? Uh, I've been pretty under the underground, so I'm trying. Well, to they, well let me. <laughs> Let me say, so, so if you look for me, like, say, for instance, on, like, regular sites, like iTunes and stuff, I'm as Los Hermanos. But I went Los Hermanos Detroit, that's so you come to, because other bands started popping up with Los Hermanos there, and they, 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 they play, Makes sense. you know. Yeah, and then right. so I, tur- I turned it into Detroit, but my band name still is Los Hermanos as Detroit Techno, so you, you're going to see a little difference, so I'm trying to make that um, geographical difference that this is the brothers of the trip. But technically, my whole Los Hermanos is the brothers all around the world. You know what I'm saying? So it really doesn't matter to me. I mean, because once we all do music, I think we are brothers and sisters around the world. That's because it connects us together for the common That's being of one sound. Yeah. Yeah. So do we all look, we Hermanos and Hermanos and her, we brothers and sisters. So that's how I look at that label. Production company, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Bill Beaver mm-hmm. on Facebook uh, is where a lot of my magic happens, um, and and Instagram, Bill Beaver, uh, William Beaver, uh, you know, uh, that's where I'm at these days. So, yeah, yeah. nice, nice. So, yeah, Los Hermanos, Detroit, YouTube. You know, you catch me everywhere. You'll find or Los Hermanos. You'll find me on anything. Well, you, my, you know what I'm saying? So, UFM Records, GMI Records, uh, we came together, blending both labels together to give you all this cool music. So, you know, um, I have my UFM stuff coming pretty soon, uh, pretty soon. Uh, yeah. The birth of Trent. Yeah. Right. birth of uh, uh, that's Yep, with a techno edge and a house edge and a jazz fusion edge, I suppose, a jazz fusion edge. Now, you know, like, and remember. It's been an honor. Yeah, it's been an honor to like to have both of you like legends of Detroit wow, <laughs> on the show you. tonight. I didn't even know you were gonna come on, Gerald. Like that was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Gotta be <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, so guys. That's been it's an honor because the one thing about music it lasts long after us. So it it, it oh. it's it's a it's a history. It's, it's our record and it's our voice that what we say here, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, yeah. after we when we go into the invisible, you know, when we go to that other place or wherever we go, that music stay here and it's our voice to share with people. Because here's the one thing I'm can I say this one last thing? Here's the thing that touches me about music. I have often get I often get letters from fans. A few letters touch me. One really touched me and let me know how important I was. Sometimes you don't feel like you're making a difference. But I got a letter from a fan who say, I'm going through chemotherapy treatments, and mm. your music, Birth of 3000, the Quetzal, is on my playlist. It helps me get through it. There's no amount of money or nothing. That makes me cry right there. Somebody yeah. that that soul, they feel it, 
And I hear that on a lot of people, not just chemotherapy, but I hear it from a lot of fans. I love your music, I dance to it, but when they say they sick and it's helping them heal, that just that be therapeutic. Yeah. That that reaches my soul. You know that's what I mean? I'm I'm making a difference in somebody's life. You know, that that's most important. You're making the yeah. world a better place, homie. That's like for real. Yeah. If you, if you have that effect on people, you're you are making the world a better place. Well, that's all right. Well, I, well, I feel necessary because my daddy used to say, "What's well, up?" But I feel necessary because my son would say, "You know, son, of all of us is the same. Somebody be unnecessary." <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Oh man, that is awesome. All right, guys, oh, I'm just okay. asleep. Okay, I'll, uh, I appreciate yeah. meeting thank you all, so much, Tyra. Man. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man, that's cool. Well, there you go. How cool is that, Miss Monday? Jamie, man, I didn't even know he was going to bring Gerald on. <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't either. I could have talked to them all night. Man, that is, oh, that's bringing back a lot of memories. Well, yeah, those guys are of, Detroit history, man. Like, it's uh, honored, so honored they both came out. That's crazy. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, and the places they were talking about, too, you know, I mean, it just... Man, it brought me right back, right back. It's, uh, I mean, everybody now, they, you know, I'm an old man now, but those were fun times, Carl. Miss Monday. You better believe time. it. Oh, baby. Well, hey, Rub, tell us a little bit about the beat. fix tonight. I'm telling right, you. So, so, yeah, so Billy, Billy came out here two weeks ago. And, like, when he was out here, um, he, he gave me the music that I, I put together in this mix. So that's the Lost Ramones. Uh, most of it is the Lost Ramones um, music that they put out together. So um, mm-hmm. when Billy gave it to me, we did that live stream for Club Maverick, which is what I was doing that live stream for like once a week for a mm-hmm. while. And and then so because I already had the music and I knew we were doing the interview, I put it together last weekend and I sent it over to him. I kid you not, he got Gerald on the phone with me. Now, I've never met the guys from Underground Resistance, I mean, personally. And um, right. they're all, like, they're, like, the biggest, like, one of the biggest parts of Detroit techno history, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so so he called me up yesterday, Billy, put Gerald on the phone with me after I sent him over the mix, and he's like, yo, <laughs> You got to be my homie. He's like, what you do with this mix? He's like, I didn't even expect that, right? And I was like, yeah, but I, I took, it literally took me an entire night. Like, I was up, like, till wee hours of the morning <laughs> on Saturday night. And I, like, but to me, it's like, look, we got, like, some of the, some of the most iconic people out of Detroit, you know? And so I, I, I just made it happen because I was like, yeah, well, if I'm going to do this interview with him, I want to come correct. Right. So Yo, you have to. I did. You have to. Well, it was amazing. And you know, it was so crazy. And they're sitting there talking. I was like freaking out because and I wasn't saying much. And the reason why, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't have, I mean, I was kind of speechless tonight. Um, this is all a surprise. And, you know, he's talking about, oh, I didn't even like techno. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you 
know. That's oh, funny. Man. Yeah. Oh, that is that funny. History. That is funny. I mean, like, yeah. Billy even told me he's like he's got he's like I got so much video footage from the early days of the Detroit scene. He's like I'm still trying to figure out like if I should put it together for a documentary. And I'm like, damn, like this is cool. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. I live in LA, homie. Let me see what I can do. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I talk to studio people every day, man. Yeah, we can we can get that happening, man. We can get that movement on that. <laughs> oh, that is exactly. funny. Exactly. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Well, hey, without further ado, what a, exactly. what a blessed uh, show. Yeah, what a blessed show. Oh, I'm, man, I'm so it's one of the best ones we've had. This, I mean, amazing. Yeah. Wow. Detroit in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Well, here it is. Here is the Hour 2 Mix by DJ Miss Monday, the Billy Love Mix. Check this out. Um, without further ado. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you annual Billy Fever and the Los Hermanos Celebrity Barbecue in the Backyard. Now, tonight, this is brought to you by our special guest that's coming on the stage tonight. And, uh, you know, we got music, barbecue, uh, barbecue sauce, and all that good stuff. And, uh, tell me, when you when you test that barbecue sauce, how does it make it feel? You are a native Detroiter now. Get old back here, girl. Let me show you what's on this table here. Now, now, now around here, we do from the river to the tomb. Now, we got ribs, chicken, lobster. Now, over there, we got coleslaw, greens, macaroni, and cheese. We got the potato salad. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, you know what's saying, girl? Just meet me at the DJ booth. We can have a toast. Toast to the boogie and all that good stuff. Toast to the Thank you. 
two times. Pulls over the mahogany trees on a beautiful day such as me. One day while my ordinarily blazing persona was only disfiguring my weak friend, perched on a branch by a bunch of banana trees and smoked to me. As if bombarded by the original black principle, I picked myself up, yes, and dusted myself off and looked around for the hidden camera. Just then he said, come here. He beckoned with his feet, come here. How are you? He said, fine, I replied. First thing first, I suppose. My name is Cookie Wonder Brown. I speak French, Greek, English, Arabic, Spanish, Yiddish, Russian, Japanese, Chinese, and dirty. Hogany, eagling, balconies, chicken ducking, and a dozen more, but enough about me. Can you teach me to dance like James Brown and sing like Stevie Wonder? I want to dance like James Brown and sing like the Wonder. I want to sniff, dip, and fly so briskly. I want to rip, rip, and cry just like Stevie. I want to glide on stage with moves taken from the Godfather's page. I've got to chew up a tune, chew up a tune, just the way the Wonder Man Can you teach me to dance like James Brown and sing like Stevie Wonder? I'm Ticket Wonder Brown, the baddest talking toucan around. I play football, baseball, basketball, and soccer. Little chicks, old crows, big tricks, and tall suckers. I've dated some beautiful birds, bow-legged bears, big black cows, white tigers with big tails. I've dated one king, two gorillas, three monkeys, four rabbits, and five alligators, and a partridge. Yes, in a pear tree. I could tell the FBI all about the CIA. Tell Mother Goose what Jack really did to Jill just to set the record straight. But enough about me. Can you teach me to dance like James Brown and sing like Stevie Wonder? I want to dance like James Brown and sing like the Wonder Man. I want to slip, dip, and slide so effortlessly. And I want to rip, lift, and slide just like I want to glide on stage with moves taken from the Godfather's face. I've got a chew up a tune, chew up a tune, just the way the Wonder Man grew. And you teach me to dance like James Brown and sing like Stevie Wonder. Like James Brown, Stevie Wonder. Can you teach me how to dance like James
Music gives my hustle. Makes everything alright. Music gives my hustle. Music gives my life. Music gives that thing that makes everything alright.
Yeah.